In the name of Jesus, I just love it when Jesus talks about food. My favorite memories, and maybe yours as well, go back to Thanksgiving and Christmases and and get-togethers with with grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and, and all those specialty dishes. Oh my, you notice that I don't hurt for a good meal. Jesus likes food, but there's more to it than just that. You see, in, in my family, we, we don't do much of that anymore. Grandma and Grandpa have died. Their children, well, there's been a fight over inheritance. They don't get along. I'm not sure that I'll ever have those opportunities that I remember so well, perhaps I will make them with my children and grandchildren going forward, but how quickly sin affects our gatherings, our meals, and turns that which was once so good into nothing, seemingly nothing but trouble. Jesus is celebrating a meal, and not just any meal like a Thanksgiving or Christmas. Oh no, this is the Sabbath meal. This is the Seder meal after sundown on Friday, honoring God's word of of keeping the Sabbath day, of keeping it holy. And so he gathers with the ruler of the Pharisees, but they're sitting there with their notepads. They're taking notes They're looking to catch Jesus in some sort of lie, looking for information to feed to the lawyers so they can add that to the lawsuit upon lawsuit. And on top of just that situation with Jesus, crazy old Uncle Ed is there as well. Oh yeah, it's a little bit of a National Lampoon's type of meal that's going on here because crazy old old Uncle Ed, he's... He's, he's unclean. I mean, literally. According to the Word of God, Leviticus 13, if you want to look it up, Uncle Ed has got dropsy, which is edema. He's retaining water, and it's manifesting itself in all sorts of disfigured bumps that are showing up on his skin. What's he doing here at the meal? Who let him in? And not only that, God says... No unclean people here. Jesus takes the Pharisees and perhaps you and me to task with how we relate to one another. Because our desire to keep things right, to be in the right, and to only hang out with people that we either completely agree with or with whom we have no conflict seems to dictate everything. But ultimately, It all stands before the one true God. And so one Sabbath, Luke tells us, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. But behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy, and Jesus responds to those watching him carefully, saying, Can I heal him or not? Because it's the Sabbath day. You see, on the Sabbath day, according to the letter of the law, you're not supposed to do any type of work. But therein lies part of the problem. Who is the one that is actually doing the work on the Sabbath? Scripture is very clear that the Sabbath 
was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It all starts with God who desires to love and care for His people, to provide a divine service for them. This is really what table fellowship is all about. Secondly, God comes now and in His merciful love and His feeding, His compassion, His servant work now equips us to serve and care for our neighbor. But the Pharisees, all they were concerned about is how they were stacking up in their relationship with God, not so much with their neighbor. Shame on us if we come here to this place, to church as well, as we observe a holy time and a holy place that is set aside for the worship of God, and all we think about is here and not here. Shame on us if we fail to recognize the opportunities for good works of service for those that are in need when all we're thinking about constantly is ourselves. Thus Jesus asked the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Has God come to be a compassionate God just for you or for others as well? Which leads us quite simply to who did Jesus die for on the cross? All of you people who have it figured out and gave your amen or for the whole world? Good question, Jesus. They could not reply to these things. They had no answer. How could they? It's like how the rabbis struggled with trying to understand King David. You remember that story from the Old Testament? And he has no food and he's hungry and the only bread to eat is the showbread there in the temple. And so David eats it and his men as well. Does God desire for you to go hungry? Of course not. Thus, God does not punish David for eating the showbread. How much more does God come on the midst of the Sabbath and bring healing? Jesus, in the midst of these note-taking Pharisees who are looking for information against their family members, who are looking for lawsuit after lawsuit, trying to catch Jesus in His words, those who have nothing to say, well, Jesus simply takes the man and heals him. Which is exactly what the Sabbath is for. A day of rest. A day of, of letting God provide for you. And not just you, but all your animals, all your family. A, a day of rest. We observe that now on Sunday for a few very simple reasons. One, Christ has fulfilled Mosaic law. You might notice the Seventh-day Adventists who still demand worship on Saturday. That's because they believe that the Mosaic Law still stands, especially in relation to keeping the Sabbath day specifically on Saturday. Our brothers and sisters in Christ in the Roman Church, well, they believe that the church has the authority that is equal to the Word of God, so they just use that authority and say that the Sabbath has been officially moved to Sunday. But you and me, why do we gather here today and not yesterday? You see, Jesus did all the labor. He labored on that Good Friday. Laboring, squeezing out every precious ounce and drop of His sweat, His blood, His tears there upon the cross. 
purchasing and redeeming you, not the other way around, and dying there upon the cross. That holy Saturday, your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rested from his labors in the tomb. And that glorious Easter Sunday morning, his Father called him forth, raised him from the dead, new body, new flesh, free from all the sin that he had become there in his work on Good Friday, lived and reigned victoriously, still does, appeared to the disciples and many others. And thus the early church began gathering on Sunday to receive what Christ had earned for them so that they in turn would be equipped for every good work of service to their neighbor. For Jesus invites you to a meal. He invites you to table. And yeah, there's crazy Uncle Ed's all around. All sinners that gather, but that gather together in faith, who need the healing that He provides on the Sabbath, and He does that here and now. We come to church so that we may be healed, forgiven, absolved. No matter what sin you've done, no matter what you've left undone, no matter your own families and whether you're still able to have Thanksgiving or Christmas get-togethers or not, Jesus comes for you to heal you, to remind you that you've been made part of a glorious and beautiful eternal family. He's come to take us who are unclean in our sin and to make us clean. What a great reversal of roles. Therefore, Paul writes to the Colossians, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on your questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. For all of these things, Paul writes, are a shadow of the substance that is Christ. Theology for us is often challenging. Trying to decide this, that, or the other. Luther said theology is often like a a drunken peasant who's crossing a bridge. He lurches to one side, and he lurches to one side. Which side is he going to fall off on? But good theology, good faith, is to keep a hold of Christ who brings you straight through it all, who himself has crossed that bridge of sin, death, and the devil, and who comes and brings you to his holy table, To taste and see that He is good. Remember what Christ has done. The next time you start keeping score of dear old Uncle Ed, or anyone else for that matter. Remember as well that as we observe and celebrate the Sabbath, He comes to equip you for every good work. That this medicine of immortality, this forgiveness of sins, life and salvation is is not just for you to be held alone before God, but rather now to be given in works of service for those around you. God grant us such faith, and God grant us, as He has given it, such love. In the name of Jesus.